The following podcast is for mature audiences only. Anything you hear in this podcast in regards to clips or music, I do not own any of it. All credit absolutely goes to the artist. For anything you may hear in this podcast regarding clips or especially music, it is strictly me trying to promote my love of music and to hopefully send people towards some new music themselves. If you cannot handle anything in this podcast, which which includes anything serious, raunchy humor, raunchy topics, well, I mean more serious topics, or anything you cannot handle, this podcast is not for you. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Let's rise again together. Previously on State of the Real Union, rise again. I seriously don't get the hate on Tua Tonga Vailoa. Ever since he came in the league, other than Mike McDaniel, nobody's believed in him. Nobody has fucking believed in him. He finally has a coach in Mike McDaniel who believes in him. Who seriously has nothing but faith in him. The two are close, as close as I've seen since Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Tua is on pace for his best career yet as a quarterback in the National Football League. And people still want to hate on him. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's stupid. It's very stupid. Very proud of the collective effort. And I saw no panic, no blink. People were confident as hell. This week was a big one for us as we move forward. Most points, most yards, most touchdowns. Big time X Factor. When's the last time we had something this fun to watch? Two was looking at Tyreek the whole time. It's a no-look show pass. I told y'all I was going to put on the show for y'all today. Pressure and he goes down. down. This will be a little humble pie this week. Nothing's easy in this league, though. Come on, boy. Don't go, man. Still a long season. There's a lot on the line here. All we did was give us another reason to be confident because of that adversity that we battled through. Keep it going, man.
Yes, I am a little silent. But I'm not mad. The truth is, is that I'm burnt out. I'm very fucking burnt out right now. The burnout is real. But after some things that I will mention for the main event, or maybe at the end of this episode, then maybe, just maybe, yeah, I think you get the point. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the real episode three. A State of the Real Union Rise Again. Y'all know who I am. They call me Sky. They call me Phoenix Knight. They call me King of the Phoenix Empire. They call me Music God. My cat just walked in here. They call me the Fantasy Football God. They call me the Leader of Longhorn Nation. They call me Mr. Real as it gets. Wherever you may be listening, however you may be listening, I appreciate you all. For joining me here this afternoon. Um, I know, again, it has been a minute. But like I said, I've just been really fucking burnt out. Um, but after after some recent moves and then some... Um, not all that I could mention on here, at least not right now. When the time is right. When the time is absolutely right. I will mention it, but not yet, because I got to make some moves to protect myself, to protect my family. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, I really appreciate you all for joining me here on the podcast. There's one thing and one thing that we are about, and that's be is feeling what you're feeling, because when you feel what you're feeling, you're being real, and being real is a very big deal. Today on the show, we are going to do some Dolphins talk. We're going to do some Longhorns talk. I really wanted to do this um, as the season went along. And now that I'm trying to get back on track with building my media empire, um, I'm hoping as time goes on, I can do that. Um, although I'm making some moves in the meantime to make some money, um, which I'll get into main event or the end of the show. I don't know yet, but again, this is my show. I'll do whatever the fuck I want to an extent. We're going to do some Dolphins talk. We're going to do some Longhorns talk because I got a bone to pick with the national media for the Dolphins. And I got a bone to pick with both the national media and the local media for the Longhorns in regards to Arch Manning. I'll get to that here in a little bit. But the first order of business, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm going to do today is I'm making this the real episode three because I wanted to do something on District Attorney Jose Garza of Travis County of Austin, Texas. I got a bone to pick with him. I'll do that down the road. You know, maybe once I'm in a better place. But 
When I was last doing this a few months ago, I was a little controversial. I was a little controversial in regards to um, a potential guest that I wanted to um, I wanted to really stand for what I believe in because Jose Garza of Travis County, the district attorney, is a fucking piece of shit. He really is. But I made some controversial comments because I wanted to um I wanted to take a stand because the truth is Austin is becoming a shithole. It really, really is. The crime is through the roof. The homeless is a massive fucking problem. Um, again, I got some stories, but I'll do it down the road. Uh, some of the recent events that the city has handled very poorly. Now, I got my issues with Greg Abbott in regards to some of those things. Hold on. Monkey? Sorry, my cat's getting into something she shouldn't be getting into. Um... I got some issues with Greg Abbott, but I'm not going to do that today. But the point of it is, basically what happened was I made it sound like that those were the views of the potential guest that I was going to have on. When unfortunately, that's not the case. The views that I have on Jose Garza are mine and mine alone. But it just goes to the point of what I mean... By the burnout is real. Because at the time, yes, I was just getting out of surgery. Um, yes, I survived pneumonia. But at that point, a whole new slew of problems was arising. And it was exhausting. It was very, very, and I mean very fucking exhausting. Um, and when you're burnt out, like, you just don't want to do anything. But after some things that I have been getting into, or that have been happening, again, some of which I will mention here on, on the real Episode 3 of the podcast. You'll know why. However, I am ready to get back on track. I am very ready to get back on track. What are you going to do when you're not inspired? Of things to talk about. Now, like I said in episode one, I want to do this a little differently. It's not going to be perfect. I'm going to make that very, very clear. But again, I want to build a media empire 
the Phoenix Enterprises Empire. Because a lot of people, random strangers that I've met, streamers, online, like JD from NY206, host of my favorite wrestling podcast, um, Off the Script. They're fucking streamers, and they're making bitching money. I'm going to be very honest with you. I want to get to that point. Now, obviously, it's not going to happen overnight. It's just not. I got a lot of work ahead of me. I got to catch back up. And I'm also getting my Twitch channel back on track. So, again, I got a lot of work to do. But I'm ready. Because here's the truth. A lot of things have changed as well. Again, yet again, yes, I know I repeat myself, but you know what? I don't care. Sometimes, because especially nowadays in this society, you got to repeat yourself because people either still don't get it after a few times of explaining it, or they just plain and simple do not fucking care. So if I have to explain it again, okay, so be it. That's what I'll do. I don't care. I'm going to do what I have to do. Here's the truth. Like I said. Like I said. I'm just going to be very honest. I want to make more money for myself. So I could be able to do whatever the fuck I want. But here's the other truth. The love of my life. Nicole, who I love very, very much. And I will be very, very fucking honest. The most attractive woman on the face of the planet fucking Earth. I want to be able to do more for her too. And I want her to feel like she's with the winner. But also, I want to be able to do more for her because she deserves to buy herself whatever she wants. She deserves to be bougie if she fucking wants. I don't fucking know. It doesn't fucking matter. She deserves to feel as queenish, Q-U-E-E-N-I-S-H, in case anybody misheard me, and bougie and sexy as much as she wants. But as a lot of people know, including my people, know who you are, by the way, know that some shit has been happening. Some shit has been happening, both personal life and my current job-wise. Uh, once again... I'm not going to say the name of my current job because it is still my home. It's what I know and there are still people there that I do legitimately like. But there has been some shit that have been happening. I can't say certain things. But I will try to work my way around it. But when you are backed into a fucking corner, when you 
are back into a fucking corner. What do you do? Just put on a fake smile and say, oh, everything is great, toxic positivity. No, you be real and you be honest. As a matter of fact, there's another thing I want to address real quick. I want to give a shout out to three people on here right now. The first person I want to give a shout out to. Hold on a second. Get out of there. I gotta close my bathroom door because my cat is getting into something. The first person I want to give a shout out to is Ziggy. Ziggy, one of my supervisors at work who has become one of my closest allies and one of my closest friends who is like my brother, who is like my big brother. Now, granted, recently we went through a rough patch, but after we really sat down, digested everything, stated where we were both at, we're back on track, we're better than ever. But he has never bullshitted me once. He has always been real with me since the very beginning. But again, I can't mention certain things. But the point is, he has really stood by my side. And for that, brother, if you are listening to this, I am so very thankful for you. That's number one. Shout out. Shout out number two. Sunshine, our career coach. But as of the last few months... She may be our work career coach, but I have promoted her to my special counsel. Basically, both work-wise, between both of my jobs right now, which my second job I'll be starting next week. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. But I'm trying to make moves to make it work. Because I still like my money. And while I am trying to build my media empire... You know, I got to make my fucking money. And plus, Nicole and I are going to Miami soon, and I want to be able to do a little more. I want I want us to have a good old, relaxing, fun, scandalous time. Got to make my fucking money for that. But Sunshine, my special counsel, has helped me navigate some shit in the last few months. And I am very grateful. So Sunshine, my special counsel... If you are listening to this, shouts to you, ma'am. I'm very grateful for you. Thank you. And then the last person, which the last time I did this, I was so burnt out and backed into a fucking corner. I did one because I was so pissed off at this person, but then I deleted that episode. But the last person... I want to give a very special shout out to is my own mother. The last time I did this, we were not in a good place. Me, her and I weren't. The details, I cannot list because that is private information. But let me just say this. I have really noticed the difference lately and I see that she is trying. And one of the things that I said when I mean I want to do this differently. She actually just told this conversation, this part to me and Nicole, just the other day. 
She said, at first, at first, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? But recently, she said, you have every right to be right and be happy. That struck something really amazing with me. Because if there's one thing that I will always criticize her about, and I love her to death, and I appreciate her. I will always criticize with anybody. And this is the one thing that I will never be. But I will always, and I mean always, criticize toxic positivity. I cannot stand toxic positivity. I just can't. Why? A lot of you know this already. But toxic positivity is a problem in this world. It's basically narcissism positivity. It's like, oh, chin up, bucko. It's going to be fine. Or, oh, I don't want to hear it. Blah, 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 blah. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the truth. Mental health does matter. Mental health is a massive problem in this society. And like I told her recently, like I told my mom recently, and we had a very good conversation about this. The shit I went through with her, even though I know she did the best she could, and my cunt of an ex-stepmother, that was my origin story. That is the origin story of why I do what I do now, where I'm real as it gets, where I will not be afraid to say what needs to be said, because that is what is lacking in this fucking world. It really is. Because look, again, I'm not going to get into the specific details when it comes to my mom, because that is her business. But I know she did the best she could. My ex-stepmom, on the other hand, Amanda... She knew better. She fucking knew better. She fucking knew better. And that shit, I will spill the beans to the fucking moon. If I haven't said it already, I'll tell the story again. My ex-stepmom, who was married to my father, real bitch. Real fucking bitch. At the time, I wasn't aware of as I am now. Real fucking bitch. I'll tell you what. My stepmom. My ex-stepmom. She wanted a kid. From my father. And my father. Just wasn't in the place for it. And. He want. Look. Long story short. My father had to find himself. And I love my father. Nicole and him, I love them both very much. They're two of my top people. But my father had to go find himself. And at the time, he didn't want a kid. But he wanted me back because of certain things I cannot listen at this time. I went to live with him and my cunt of an ex-stepmom. 
when I graduated high school. She was so angry with him. She was so angry with him. And you know what happened? She didn't take it out on anybody else. She took it out on me. So cool with everybody else. But took it out on me. Claim she didn't know how to love me? Bullshit. Bunch of bullshit. Bunch of fucking bullshit. And that and other things that I will tell the story of as time goes on on this podcast. That is my origin story. Now again, I want to do it differently. But when you're backed into a corner like I have been, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. Trying to do better. But after some things that have been happening, the moves I'm trying to make, and plus, I'll be honest with y'all, I'm on Zoloft. I am on Zoloft. And that's also helping. That is also helping. After all of that, I'm ready to get back on track. So I'm back. I'm ready to do this. And I want to build an empire. Because as Walter White always says, even though Walter White was a criminal, I'll break you back. I'm, he's not in the meth making business. He's in the empire business. But erase the meth part. I'm plain and simple in the empire business. And that's what I want to do. So I'm back. I'm going to try to be more consistent. Um, I will tell a tiny bit of a story that really led me to the point of being burnt out. But I'm going to do that closer to the end of the show. So anyway, with that being said, it's good to be back. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we are going to do some Longhorns talk. And we are going to do some Dolphins talk. I got a very big bone to pick with the sports media on both. When it comes to the Dolphins, it has to do with hypocrisy that they're not afraid to, to criticize the Dolphins when they play like shit against good teams, but they won't criticize the Ravens losing to the fucking Browns or when Lamar Jackson plays like shit. And then some. Or the 49ers three-game losing streak recently. And then when it comes to the Longhorns, the local and the national media already know the plan when it comes to Arch Manning. They need to shut the fuck up and be patient. I got a bone to pick with the media when we come back next. This morning, you're starting to get some news. I'm getting feelings about this team or that. I had a really long call the other day with a NFL source that sold me heavy on Miami, uh, somebody I trust. So I'm going to make my predictions 
I've got one whoa. So I don't know if it's because the summer is upon us, but it seems that the media is changing their tune in regards to the Miami Dolphins. I'm beginning to see more and more big media types, big sports journos, begin to jump on the Miami Dolphins as a leading contender for the AFC. And the first one may shock you. None other than Colin Cowherd himself is now saying that the Miami Dolphins are a team to beat. So he created a video. We're going to take a look at it and we're going to react to it. Let's jump into it right now. I do this over the course of a year. I make my predictions. So I've, I've done the, um, you know, I do pre-draft, post-draft. So we are post-coaching hiring. We are post-draft. We are post-free agency. And now we are pre-camp. So players are going to get hurt. So understand what he's saying. We're after everything that's gone by in the last 12 months or whatever. Just doesn't really matter at this point. Right now we're going into preseason camp. No more OTAs. No more mini camps. No more draft. Right now the team is just about set until it starts doing the cutdowns on who's going to be in camp. Fortunately, players will get hurt. So I was saying this morning, you're starting to get some news. I'm getting feelings about this team or that. I had a really long call the other day with a NFL source that sold me heavy on Miami, uh, somebody I trust. So I'm going to make my predictions. I've got one. Whoa. It's a serious. Well, coming from Colin Cowherd, it's a serious. whoa. one. Whoa. That's it. So I'll start in the AFC East. Here is my woe. Miami wins it. Buffalo Jets Patriots. A, this whole Stephon Diggs cancel minicamp thing is a bigger story than people are letting on. I don't know if that's a bigger story than what it seems to be. I mean, we've got a disgruntled wide receiver who's getting paid a lot of money. He's not holding out for money. He wants more touches. He wants to get the ball more. Not just get the ball more. It's a matter of when he gets the ball. He wants to be that guy, that guy you go to, the guy you want on the free throw line when there's two seconds left on the clock. He wants to be that guy that you go to on third and 11 when you got to make that first down. As we saw in the end of the season, he was definitely upset that he wasn't getting his touches at the right time. Not just his touches, but the timing of those touches. And so I don't know if it's a big. There ain't no law out here. Want to wage on that? I am. Hey, our show in Miami Music School, I'll give you a chance. To watch the show in studio with us, take part in the shenanigans, get a little goosies, maybe watch some sports talk. Plus, you can bring a guest. All you got to do is go to WQAM's contest page and enter in the contest to come watch Tobin and Leroy in person. Plus, you get a WQAM swag bag. Thanks to Miami Media School for making this happen. And at Miami Media School, you gain the skills, advantages, and insights you need to become a sports broadcaster. Visit beonair.com for more information. Obviously spending a lot of day today celebrating the Miami Dolphins with their 70 burger that they laid on the Broncos. They went 70 to 20. That's a 50 uh, burger with fries and a beer. It is, dude. It's it's the whole damn package. Uh, the Hurricanes, they had a blowout win this weekend. Blew out Temple 41 to 7. They ran all over them. Um, 
I got to tell you, Mario's really built up that line, dude. I mean, they're mauling yeah. folks right now. Isn't that crazy, man? Both of our O well, lines. I don't know what to do with the hands. Dude. It's crazy. With 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 Mario, right? I'm more impressed with how they're playing the game, right? That's a big change from the past. Not a whole bunch of mistakes, no swag penalties, no pre-snap penalties. Um, the offense and the defense is working, you know, looks like as planned so that they put themselves in a position to where you're not going to beat us with the dumb stuff. If you're better than us, you'll beat us. But that's the only reason why you'll win. And I think that's the best spot to start from because as the talent gets better and the depth gets better, because right now they don't have a lot of depth. If the depth gets better and they continue on this path, now you're talking about building a team like all these other teams where you replace a five-star with a five-star. Right. Yeah, but it's all he's also honed in with the with having those guys up front. Like Tyler just is so comfortable right now. Like yeah. both cute, you know, to see him have back his 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 swagger, his confidence in making those nice throws down the field and getting on pace with the guys. That that's really I mean and, and the balance is great. I mean, like hell, he's going out there and he's giving you three touchdowns and on the on the Russian side of things, you're rushing for over three hundred yards on their side. I mean, that's right. great job by them. Right, and, 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 and keep in mind, um, yeah, as you mentioned before, that offensive line has been pretty good. It's been really good. good. Yeah. And, and so you, you, they have a starting point, right? So no matter what's going on behind them, right, uh, the, the, the line up front, both offensively and defensively, can make some things happen, and, and that's a good starting point. I just love, you know, even more than the Dolphins. Right. We didn't have these questions about the Dolphins going in this year. Right. We didn't really have these questions last year. Once you saw Tua start playing under Mike McDaniel. Right. We had questions about the offensive line. But with the Canes, we had a lot more questions. How's this guy going to pan out? Who's going to be the speed? How are they going to, you know, improve the run game? Uh, Is is TVD going to come back? How is he going to look? You know what I mean? And a lot of questions have seemed to be answered, you know, from the first week to now, whereas you feel confident if, and and I'm saying this, so you know it must, that I feel confident if the Canes are better than the team across from them, they will win. Yeah, they uh, they got the week off. They start ACC play on October 7th. They're hosting Georgia Tech. And then... um, The Ram, was it Rambling Wreck? Rambling Wreck, dude. And then the one I really like, the one I really, really want this year. I mean, obviously, I'd love for them to be Florida State. But North I Carolina. Really, I really want them to be North Carolina. I really, oh, really want them to be North Carolina. I know what you were going to say. I can't believe, like, I'm not, like, but that's, that's, it, that means something. I need them. I need to humble Matt, uh, Mac Brown a little bit. This guy has been kicking our ass now, and I'm, I'm sick of it, dude. I'm but isn't that a start, though, where this program is? Is that in years past, all you would talk about is, oh, they're supposed to beat everybody. You just can't wait to get to Florida State, right? And now the attitude in the building and the attitude amongst, you know, the coaches and the players is like, no, we got to do our work this week. And this, so, I, you know, you know I, I, like I said, I'm feeling good. They got a week to rest. Everybody get healthy and then go on this ACC run. Um, I'm kind of excited to see it. I want to see them, you know, compete with 
the teams that they've been struggling against because they're in a different place. And I don't know if everybody really think understands that, that this then, team is different than they've been in the last few years. It's just that they, they seem like they go into every game, they have their game plan, they're just mauled, dude. And, like, and, the, the, and like it's not a boring style either because, like, they're putting up basically, like, 40-plus points a game. Yeah, I know it's, like, the greatest schedule in the world, but still. Like, 38 points, 48 points, 48 points, 41 points. After last year's constipation, it's something to see. It's nice, man. I like it. It's, it's, a, it's a welcome change. Uh, Stevens at Sunrise, what's up, man? Watch one. Which team would make a bigger statement? <laughs> Can't even with the show with a win. Um, the Eagles or the Dolphins? The Dolphins. It, it's 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 an easy um, answer for me because of how Tua is still looked at, how he's still criticized. Um, I think that. Go ahead. Go ahead. You good? I'm good. You good? I'm good. Mr. Jenkins, over there. You're right. You're right. Kim. We know what you're talking so, about, with Kimberly. I mean, I don't want. I don't want to name names, but we on the Stephen A. Smith show. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and, and really, when you look at the Dolphins, five and twenty-four. Mm-hmm. That's the combined record of the teams that they've beaten. Mm-hmm. The one loss that they have is to Buffalo. And Buffalo made a statement against them. So I think when we look at the Dolphins, are they legit? Are they, can, we know they can put up points at a high clip. But when it gets further into the season, you got to play some really good defenses and you got to have these grinded out games. Not every game is going to be you putting 70 up on the, the Denver Broncos. I think this is a great test for the Dolphins to go on the road against Philly. And in Philly, their defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, is talking about, you know how you neutralize speed? Physicality. We know the Eagles can be physical. We know they have a vaunted front. We know that Miami Dolphins, they're about speed and finesse. And we want to see if they can actually go into Philly at the link and get a W. If they do that, I think you look at Miami, the Miami Dolphins a different way. This Sigh is all you want. This is hard to take. Let me tell you. Why is this hard to take? Getting ready to explain, Ms. Like Martin. your outfit last night? Ms. Hard Martin. to take. Oh, that, that, my HBCU jacket with some black jeans is hard to take. That's really my outfit. It was really? giving me cross-cut. An HBCU yeah. jacket. That's all I, that's all I wore. <laughs> <laughs> with a Yankees hat turned backwards. That's it? I mean, what, what the hell? You act like I tried to put on some other outfit and it didn't, didn't work. That was not me. And some baggy jeans? Did you have some Tim's and baggy jeans? That's not you. That's That's my baby girl. That's my daughter next to me right here. My youngest daughter. So I was thinking that what I'm saying to you is this. Oh, look at him acting like, oh, I don't want to be, oh, I don't want to be seen on the camera. With that bright jacket, I don't want to be seen. First of all, I don't mind being seen, especially in this day and age. We all know why. The point that I'm trying to make is this, right? <laughs> Let me move forward, okay? Let me move forward. This this stuff with Tua Tungabaloa, who do y'all want me to call? You want me to call Dr. Phil? Want me to call Oprah? Want to call over one sit-down interview? We want to sit down. I mean, we want to go back. And no, we just want you to tell the truth. We just want... Tua, what I'm trying to say is where y'all getting all of this stuff about these negative assertions thrown into his Are you serious? Excuse me, excuse me. Last year, Get him, 13 games, 3,548 yards passing, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. We were talking about Tua's health. Right. We watched him play last year. I'm not talking about the first year in the league. Sure. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about from last year when Mike McDaniels arrived. Yeah. We saw Tua perform. 
You raved about him. You talked about how great he was going to be. We acknowledged that. We saw him. We said, damn, he looks pretty damn good. No question about it. The only question about him was his health because he was concussed not once, not twice, but three mm -hmm. times. Shouldn't have been put out on that. Should have been right. let back in the game against Buffalo. Shouldn't have been put on the field that Thursday right. night against Cincinnati. Right. The end of the season, had a concussion, found out the day after the damn game for right. crying out loud, and couldn't go. Mm -hmm. We never said anything about his play. Here's the question. Here's the question. Here's the question. We talking about, that's last year. We talking about this year, right? This year, what we said about the play. So right now, the only question saying? was health. The only question was health, right? Right. This year... He's shown that he's pretty good, right? No, no. He's, he's, he's showed shown that he's pretty damn good right. last year. Right. But last so, year. So, so anybody. So the point is, coming into this season, it was expectations because we know what the brother brings to the table. When he's healthy, when we talked about the Miami Dolphins, what we said was. There are questions as to whether or not Tua can last the season. Remember how he was talking about in the offseason, learning the stuff to jiu-jitsu yeah. and all of this stuff. So I'm surprised he didn't call RG3 about learning how to slide, for crying out loud. I don't know what the hell he was going to do. All I'm trying to say. Right, S.A., are you buying it? Will Tua lead an explosive offense? I just want to congratulate Tyreek Hill. <coughs> very, very, very special soliloquy right there. Uh, because what he's doing is, you know, he's encouraging, uh, uh, you know, fans in, 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 the, in the area of, of South Beach, Miami, and Fort Lauderdale, you know, all the way down to West Palm. You know what? Don't, don't spend time on the beach. Come down and watch us. We're going to be worth it. So, in other words, we don't see a bunch of empty green seats in the stadium this year. That's what he's trying to do. And I, I get that. I understand that. They paid him that bag, and he's doing what he can from a marketing standpoint. I'm quite sure the marketing, public relations department, Department for the Miami Dolphins is incredibly happy with the cheater. Now, that don't mean he shouldn't be drug tested, because <laughs> I say that figuratively speaking. When you sit up there and and and, and your attitude is, you got to remember, if he's saying just what he said, guys, no problem, no problem. Way to go. You believe in your catch. You got Chase Edmonds. You got Raheem Mostert there yeah. from San Fran. You know their brothers can run the football. You got Jalen Waddle along with yeah. yourself and Cedric Wilson who came over from the Cowboys. You got a crew now. You got a crew of weapons. He's right about that. And we all know that, okay? So the question will come down to Tua Tungvaloa. Now we got to look at him and we saw that, you know what, in a short yardage situation, that's really all he could do. He could fling the ball distance-wise, but can he do it with accuracy? Can he do it while you're contested by an elite defender? That remains to be seen. We saw what he did at Alabama. We've got no questions about that. One of them deep throws delivered a national championship yep. against Georgia. We understand all of that. The flip side to it is that we haven't seen that on the NFL level. On the NFL level, short-yarded situations is all we've seen him do. Now, Tyreek Hill is the kind of brother that can make a short-yarded yep. situation into an 80 or 90-yard touchdown. So we get that, and I understand that. The problem is he opened his mouth months ago by comparing Tua to Patrick Mahomes. You see, Tyreek Hill, you don't get to implement amnesia into our brains and to get us to just look at what you just said yesterday without remembering what the hell you blasphemously said a couple of months ago. Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, where you never played in one damn game with him. I mean, that's just the epitome of ignorance. And that's sort of, and I love the cheetah. Y'all know, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Those are my two top receivers in the game of football. I love me some Tyreek Hill. He's box office. He is something special. But when you say something like that about Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. now when we look at Tua, throwing the ball at Tyreek Hill, 
We're going to go like this. More accurate than Patrick Mahomes? Show us. Mm-hmm. That Sam. statement yesterday does not fly because we remember what he said a couple of months ago. But here's the thing, Stephen A. What if he's right? And when I say right in regards to the explosiveness of this offense, look at who, like all those names, we name them all, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Chase. Like these guys are like 4-3 speed on the football field. These guys will take the top off of a defense. So those players, talent-wise, we understand what they are from a talent, from athletic ability, from a speed, all of that. But what I'm more excited about is Mike McDaniel. So Mike McDaniel obviously came from San Francisco. San Francisco, the last two years, they led the NFL in yards per attempt. Right, like they, they, that offensive mindset, and I get it. Kyle Shanahan calling the play, I get all that. But that offensive mindset coming to this this team with a coach who believes in you, right? You heard Tua say, man, this thing feels so different. Like, I, it just feels different than it was in years before. You had a coach on a private jet flying, talking about FaceTime and saying, I can't wait to be with you. I believe in you, right? Like that for me could change things. A coach who has an offensive mindset of number one offense or a top rated as far as yards per attempt, and then you have the players to implement it. You don't need to be able to, you don't need to have, you don't have to throw it 80 yards down the field. You all you five yard slant, 80 yards, 10 yards. Like that's sometimes all it takes with players on the field. Tyreek Hill and Ryan, Ryan can attest to this is probably better than anybody. Tyreek Hill is gonna, gonna free up Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is gonna free up Tyreek Hill. And we're not even talking about Mike Gusecki at, at tight end. Right, and then Raheem Mostert at running back. Like he back in 2020, he posted some of the fastest times as out of anyone on the football field when it yep. came to like speed that they track. So there's speed all around the field. Number one, number two, you have a coach who knows how to implement that speed. And now number three, the question mark is: Will the quarterback be able to do it? There are different ways down the field, dink and dunk. But those playmakers, I believe, will make plays. Thanks for watching ESPN. Okay, I gotta be honest with you. Stephen A. Smith is a fucking liar. Oh, we're not criticizing Tua on his play. We're criticizing his health. Bullshit. Bullshit. He's right on one thing. 
He's right on one thing. That Tua is not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has two Super Bowl rings. I'll give him that. But this year, right now, at this moment in time, Tua is playing better than Patrick Mahomes. He really, really is. This season, right now, at this moment in time, Tua Tungavailoa, the quarterback of my Miami Dolphins, he's playing much better than Tua. He is. I got the stats right here. I get it. Patrick Mahomes is the media darling. Okay, good for him. I don't care. He's good. Don't get me wrong. But to sit up there and lie to the rest of us that they're not criticizing his play, that's what the media has been doing since Tua Tungavailoa came in the league. Here are some numbers that prove that Tua Tungavailoa is playing right now better than some of these quarterbacks in the league. This is Tua's stat. 2,609 yards, 19 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. This is Patrick Mahomes. 24-42 yards, 17 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Here is Lamar Jackson's. And everybody is on Lamar Jackson's tip right now. Lamar Jackson, 2,177 yards, 10 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. QBR is 12th in the league. 4 spots below Tua. Josh Allen. Yardage-wise and touchdown-wise, he's pretty damn close with Tua. But interception-wise, and plus the situation that's going on in Buffalo, 2,600 yards, 19 touchdowns, 11 turnovers. Justin Herbert, 2,300, 49 yards, 17 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. I'll give him credit on the 5 interceptions. His QBR, 5th. Joe Burrow. The other media darling. 2,208 yards, 14 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 53.8 QBR, which is 18th in the league. And people are sitting there saying that Tua is not a good quarterback? I don't get it. I don't... What the fuck? Okay, hold on. Hold on. Alright, let's see if that fixed it. The media as well saying that the Dolphins can't beat good teams on the road. The media is saying the Dolphins are pretenders. Does anybody realize that most of the season so far the Dolphins have not been healthy? Does anybody seriously forget that? 
Vic Fangio hasn't had a healthy defense all season until just recently. Offensive line was banged up. And Tua and the Miami Dolphins offense is producing. They are producing. I want to digest real quick. The Dolphins, three losses so far. They lost to the Bills badly in Buffalo. No excuse, but I will not put the loss 100% on them. They were depleted on defense. Offensive line was banged up. Kansas City, just a couple of weeks ago, closer to 100%. That one was no excuse. The Eagles lost, bad officiating. Nobody's going to talk about the uncalled face mask penalty on James Bradbury when he grabbed Jalen Waddell's face mask. Oh, but the Dolphins can't beat good Super Bowl teams on the road. But Jalen Hurts is struggling. Patrick Mahomes is struggling. And Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are 5-5, five and five, about to be two games behind the Dolphins. But yet, the media, the media wants to be on Josh Allen's tip. The media still wants to be on Patrick Mahone's tip. The media still wants to be on Joe Burrow's tip. When they do wrong, they don't criticize anybody. Where's the criticism for Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson just lost to the fucking Cleveland Browns this past Sunday. I don't understand. Every, the only reason why Lamar Jackson is not getting criticized right now is due to the fact the Ravens are winning. That they are still first place in the AFC North. Lamar Jackson is not producing passing-wise. He's turning the ball over a lot more than producing. Fumbled a shit ton. He fumbled nine times this season. Six of those, he lost the fucking fumble. But nobody is going to say a fucking word about that. Oh, but the Dolphins can't beat good teams on the road. Tua is a system quarterback. Okay, so what? He has a quarterback that believes in him. And the notion that they can't beat good teams on the road is really starting to piss me off. At the beginning of the season, they said the first three games were going to be very tough. Just, here, here's a debate. I forgot who this lady on first take is. It's not Molly Karam. But she was saying something that the Dolphins are going to have good defense coming up. Listen to this. Eagles or the Dolphins? The Dolphins. It's, it's, it's an easy um, answer for me because of how Tua is still looked at, how he's still criticized. Um, I think that... <laughs> Go ahead. Go you ahead. Good? Yeah. I'm good. You good? I'm good. Mr. Jenkins, dunk over there. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Kim, we know 
you're talking so, about, Kimberly. I mean, I don't want, I don't want to name names, but we on the Stephen A. Smith show. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and, and really, when you look at the Dolphins, five and twenty-four. Mm -hmm. That's the combined record of the teams that they've beaten. Mm -hmm. The one loss that they have is to Buffalo. And Buffalo made a statement against them. So I think when we look at the Dolphins, are they legit? Are they? Can, we know they can put up points at a high clip, but when it gets further into the season, you got to play some really good defenses, and you got to have. Okay, stop right there. Stop right there. Kimberly Martin is not wrong about the Eagles. She's not wrong about the Chiefs. I'm going to give the Chiefs a little credit. Their defense is so much better this season. Steve Spagnuolo has built himself a defense. While the offense has been struggling, they don't have a fucking receiver. But to sit there and say the Dolphins are playing tough defenses, here, here's the upcoming schedule. Here's the upcoming schedule. They have Las Vegas at home this weekend. The Jets, I'll give them a little credit. But the Jets haven't played a good offense all season long. You can count Buffalo, but Buffalo is a fucking mess. Because Stefan Diggs reportedly is not happy in Buffalo. Let me look that up real quick. Who offensively have the Jets have played all season? I'm going to look that up real quick. But see, that's so stupid what Kimberly Martin said. The Dolphins are going to play tough defenses. Okay. Um, the Broncos are a decent defense. And that, and that win against the Broncos is starting to look so much better. Especially after what I saw on Monday night. When they went into Buffalo... And beat the fucking Bills. That win against the Broncos, that 50-point win, is starting to look so much better. I'm looking at the Jets' schedule right now. And I'm going to compare it to the Dolphins really quickly. Really quickly. Okay. Because that bothers me. They gave up 30 points to the Cowboys. They give up 23 points to the Chiefs. They gave up 27 points to the Chargers. They're going to Buffalo this weekend. And the Bills are going to be pretty pissed off. Now, the question remains if Stefan Diggs is going to be 100% involved into the game for Buffalo. But out of all the teams on this schedule that I am reading for the Jets, they gave up... They gave up 27 points to the fucking Chargers who were without Josh Palmer and Mike Williams a couple of weeks ago on Monday Night Football. But I guess it's also due to the result of their offense sucking because Robert Sala can't get off Zach Wilson's teeth. I get it. He knows the system. 
But it is clear as fucking day to me that Zach Wilson is going to be Robert Sala's demise if he doesn't get it together. I got the Dolphins schedule right here coming up, okay? Just, just listen to this. I'm going to read to you their schedule and the results so far. 36 points in the win against the Chargers. 24 against the Patriots. 70 against the Broncos. And ever since then, the Broncos have woken up. Their worst game of the season was against the Bills. Because they lost by 28 points. Then they score 31 against the Giants. 42 against the Panthers. 17 against the Eagles, losing by 14. Then they come back a week later, score 31 against the Patriots. And we all know that Bill Belichick is a mastermind for defenses. Then, lose by seven against the Chiefs. But Maria Taylor wants to sit there and tell us, tell the world that the Dolphins are going to face some tough defenses in the second half of the season. The, there's only two tough defenses that I see on the schedule right now at this particular moment in time that they will have a very tough time against. Even though, even though one of them is at home at Hard Rock Stadium. December 24th against the Cowboys. The Cowboys, you do not want to face at AT&T Stadium. On the road, on the other hand, is a different story. And the Cowboys are coming to Hard Rock on Christmas Eve. And then a week later, they go to Baltimore. But again, Baltimore just lost by a field goal, I believe 33-31, to in Baltimore to the fucking Browns. Otherwise, we have Las Vegas... We're going to beat them because they can't score a fucking touchdown to save their life against good defenses. Bye week couldn't have come at a better time for the Dolphins. Then they go to New York. And again, I'm not going to count the Jets as a very tough defense. Because their offense sucks. And the defense is going to get exhausted. Then they go to Washington. Then they come home for a Monday night football game, which I'll be at that game, by the way. Against the Tennessee Titans. Then they have another home game against the Jets. Then they have Christmas Eve at home against the Cowboys. Then they go on the road against the Ravens. And then this game, which if Buffalo can get their shit together, this game, Week 18, which I personally believe will be the Sunday night football game, Week 18 flex game, at home, at Hard Rock, against Buffalo. Here's the thing that y'all don't realize. Miami is undefeated at home. You tell me on in, this, in the league this season that there hasn't been a team that has been as explosive and fucking phenomenal at home than the Miami Dolphins. And people... Want to sit there and say, oh, the Dolphins are not a good team. Oh, they're Super Bowl pretenders. Like, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. 
I don't understand. I don't understand. I want to go back to the Chiefs for a second. All this talk about the Miami Dolphins being pretenders. Okay, fine. Have your opinion. But see, the sports media has a double standard. Like I said about the Ravens losing at home to the Browns, to the damn Browns. Did anybody seriously forget that the Chiefs lost to the Broncos? 24 to 9 just a couple of weeks ago. And nobody wants to say a word about that. The same Denver Broncos team that lost by 50 freaking points to my Miami Dolphins. But yet the Dolphins aren't contenders. But when the Chiefs struggle really bad, nobody wants to say a word about the Chiefs losing 24-9 to the freaking Broncos. That doesn't make sense to me. That does not make sense to me at all. That just proves that the media... The sports media are a bunch of hypocrites. Bottom line. Bottom line. And that bothers me. The same. Kansas City. Chiefs. Who almost lost. To my Miami Dolphins back in Germany. And what I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear the excuse of the Chiefs gave up a home game because they didn't want Tyreek to be booed. Who the hell cares? Tyreek would have loved it. That would have been a really good Sunday night football game for the Dolphins. I don't get it. I don't get it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you right now. If the Dolphins, once they get healthy, look out. Defense is getting healthier. Offensive line is getting healthier. Devon A-Chain, our superstar running back, is getting healthier. Tua Tungavailoa is on track for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. And he's playing better than Patrick Mahomes. But the Dolphins are pretenders. But yet, right now, at this particular moment in time, right now, the Dolphins are pretenders. 
I don't get it. It's very fucking stupid. Hold on, sorry. I, I don't understand. And that really bugs me. That really bugs me. And see, the problem I have with that, and I'll get to my Texas talk in a minute. I'll get to my Texas talk in a minute. Because my Longhorns have a very similar situation. The only difference is, is with Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers. And what the hell is going on with Arch Manning? Why is Arch not playing? But that really bothers me that the media, the sports media, is basically saying something for fucking clicks and fucking ratings. Like in political media, there's no honest journalism in sports media anymore. Stephen A. One Minute saying, oh, we're not criticizing to us play. We're criticizing his health. That's not that's not what you said last year going into the season. You're a liar. You're a liar. I don't understand. I mean, just reminds me a lot of the LeBron talk. Reminds me a lot. On another note, that brings me to my next thing. Texas. My Texas Longhorns football team. A similar situation in regards to Arch Manning. Oh, if Arch doesn't play, he's going to transfer to Alabama. You really think that Sark is going to let that happen? I hope not possibly transferring to Alabama when we're going to be going to the SEC next season. And they want to sit there and say, oh, if Arch doesn't play. Arch doesn't play, he's going to transfer to Alabama. If Sark does not play Arch by opening day next year, and he's not named the starting quarterback, that Sark deserves to go. I don't give a damn about wins and losses. I don't give a damn if we win a Big 12 championship or a Natty this year. The whole point that people don't understand, and I'll, I'll reserve the right to be wrong, The whole point of the plan this season was the redshirt arch. So he can learn Sark's system and he will be the starting quarterback for the next four years for Texas. Especially going into our first year in the SEC. I don't get it. I don't get it. If I'm not mistaken, that's literally what Arch said. If I'm not mistaken, Sark said that at some point. And 
Even Archie Manning has said that. But the media in Austin especially has made a story. Oh, if Arch doesn't play, he's going to transfer. That's not what I'm hearing. I don't have sources, but I read up on shit. That's the whole point. That's the plan. If Arch doesn't play this year, he's redshirting. So he can learn the system. He can learn every play. Learn from Quinn, which Quinn probably will go to the NFL next season. He should. He should. But right now, why ruin a good thing? Which brings me to another thing. I've said this before many times, and I'm going to say it again. The media in Austin and the Longhorn quote-unquote fans are really fucking stupid. I'm sorry. For years and years and years... People were saying, oh, we're falling downhill. We're not winning. We're, we're all about wins and national championships. And now we're winning again. Probably on our way to a Big 12 title in our final season in the SEC. But yet we've had some ugly losses recently. And oh, people are saying not good enough. Just enjoy the fucking fact that we are successful again as a football program. I don't get it. I've said many things that the world is stupid, but it's even more stupid with quote unquote Longhorn quote unquote fans. Yes, it was an ugly win, but a win is a win. Yes, we have stuff to improve on, but it's good enough for me. Just like in basketball. But the difference is, I really pray to God that Rodney Terry is not Shaka Smart 2.0. But I'll address that at a later episode. So, it's just ridiculous. It's very, very ridiculous. Alright, because I want to get back to my Twitch channel here in a little bit. And I got to make a phone call real quick. I'm going to take a break, but when I come back, I'm going to wrap up today's episode. I'll see you all in a minute.
Ripping off the beat, kinda dripping off the meat grinder. Heat liner, pimping, stripping, soft, sweet minor. China was a neat sign of trouble with the script digits. Double dip, bubble lip, subtle list, midget. Borderline, schizo, sort of fine, tits, though. Porter wine, order grind, quarter to nine, let's go. Ever since 10 11, glad she made a breath. Alright, we're back. Pretty good discussion on the Dolphins and the Longhorns regarding. The double standard on both sides of the media uh, and sports. Um, yeah, I may have sounded a little rusty. Um, again, it's been a minute and I've been burned out for a while. Um, I want to take the time again to quickly address um, why I've been feeling burnt out. Again, I cannot say a lot, at least not right now, but, um, like I've said, the last three years, I have just been really backed into a corner, and I, you know, I don't handle when I got a lot of things coming at me. Now, I'll admit, have I been perfect myself? No, I haven't. No, I have not, not even close. But, um, my entire life, it has not been easy, but especially the last three years. Going back really, well, Three and a half, four years. The only thing consistent being Nicole. The love of my life who I am going to marry one day. Um, the last three and a half, four years, you know, I've lost people very close to me. Witnessed a lot of people uh, dying that I really cared about. Amongst other things. And, you know, it just really... Felt like my world was falling apart. And when I did episode two a few months ago, um, it was post-thyroid surgery and looking death in the face because of pop because of pneumonia. From there, a whole slew of stuff, including one thing I will mention real quick, a very, very, very toxic manager. Um, it was just wearing me down. And then after some controversies with the podcast, I was just like, all I want to do at this point is survive. But, you know, like any good journey, I had to take a step back for a minute and, you know, really think. And because I was so burned out because of everything that I've been up against the last few years, um, I just, um, I have really just not known what I wanted to do. But after some things, including the Zoloft, and then the fact that I still have amazing people in my life who have stood with me, and then, of course, after my toxic manager left, thank God, by the way, 
um, slowly but surely started to feel like a breath of fresh air. Um, and because of that, and because of the moves I'm trying to make, you know, that's why I want to get my media projects back on track with my Twitch channel, possibly YouTube, I don't know yet. And then, of course, my podcast. Um, so, right now, I have a lot of work to do. And like I've said before, I'll say it again. I will not change for anybody. I will do things a little differently, but I will not change for a damn person. Not even close. Not even close. The one thing that I cannot stand in this world is toxic positivity. Oh, I guess two things. Toxic positivity and when people don't take accountability for their shit. And when people break their words. Granted, I'm not perfect myself. But at least I take accountability and I always try to do right. But I am here. I have not forgotten about my projects. I'm trying to make some moves because again... I want the next chapter of my life to be I'm going to do things a little differently, especially after the fact that I survived pneumonia and a very serious surgery. Um, but thank God, you know, right now, Zoloft and some things are slowly but surely happening. I'm here. I will not change for anybody, but I will do it differently. Give me a follow at my Twitch channel, Phoenix Enterprises Gaming. My Instagram, where I will post clips of the podcast. Um, King of the Phoenix Empire. I may build one for Phoenix Enterprises. I don't know yet. We will see. Again, I am just now trying to get back on track. Thank you to everyone who has been with me to this point in my journey in general. Um, again, forgive me if I have been a little rusty today. I am just now trying to get back on track. Um, thank you all for joining me for my Dolphins talk and my Longhorn talk for today. And as always, stay safe, stay real, and Phoenix Night forever. Now, I close with my favorite closing song. A lot of you know what it is, listening to episode one and two, Tokyo by the Books. I'll see y'all next time. The body's burning. Oh, damn. Okay, hold on. As the Fucking slow connection. All right, hold on. Damn it. Okay, I may sneak in an episode tomorrow. I don't know yet. But again, I need to get back on track. So anywho, that being said... Leave me a review. Leave me a rating. Let me know what I can improve on. Um, let me know what you like. And um, let me know if I've been of help. I'll see you all soon. Bye.
Hey y'all, Sky here. Uh, thank you all for listening to my podcast today. Um, if you like what you've heard, uh, please leave a review. Rate me five stars. I can use all the help I can get. Um, but if there's anything I can improve on, um, still leave a review. Let me know what I can do to um, do better. Um, again, I cannot do this without your guys' help. Spread the word. Spread the love, spread the realness. Thank you guys, and I'll see you all very soon.